Welcome to Pillar and Ground Podcast. I'm Brian Salter, lead pastor at LMPC, and this episode is a Pillar and Ground Connections episode where we seek to increase our connection to one another with whom we stand together in community and mission. And we're doing a series on our profile, which helps us understand our past, where we're going in our future with our vision, our mission, what our values are, who we are, our identity, and our philosophy of ministry. Today, we're going to focus on our values, our core values. They are six of them, and our values are our beliefs that guide our behavior. What do we believe at the core of who we are in all of our being as an institution, as a staff, as leadership, as congregation? These six values must be things we believe so that our behavior is shaped accordingly. The first of those is the primacy of the gospel. The gospel, when we say that, is not just the entryway to relationship with God, but it is also the means to growth in God. It's not just the entryway, it's the it's the pathway. The gospel, quite simply, is everything. It is how we are justified. It is how we are sanctified. It is our hope of being glorified. The gospel, you've heard it said before, is not just the ABCs of the Christian life, it's the A to Z. The primacy of the gospel means that we will focus relentlessly on the person and the work of Jesus Christ through the revelation of his word. And so our preaching, our study, our emphasis is what you may hear, Christocentric, Christ-centered. We believe that Christ crucified, risen from the dead, ascended into heaven, is the focal point of all the scriptures. And you've heard us teach that before as you think about the road to Emmaus in Luke 24, as Jesus opened their eyes and he opened all the scriptures to them, the law, the prophets, the Psalms, and showed how the whole of scripture was pointing to Jesus and his work. The primacy of the gospel shows us the entryway and the pathway. It does focus us on the person and work of Jesus. But the primacy of the gospel also means we will be attentive, faithfully and diligently to God's word and its authority and its application in all things. The gospel is the good news. The good news is found in the word of God, the scripture. In our confession episode on Westminster Confession chapter 1, we talked about our doctrine of Scripture, the authority and application of Scripture to all of life. And so really the primacy of the gospel includes our commitment to preaching uh, because we believe we all need to come underneath the Word of God and be shaped accordingly. Uh, Man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. John commissioned Peter, feed my sheep, meaning give them the word of God. Ezekiel speaks of eating the scroll. John speaks of eating the scroll in Revelation 10. The psalmist in Psalm 119 speaks of the pleasurable taste of God's word that is as sweet as honey. And so we are committed fully to the scripture, its authority and application in all things, and that in the scripture, as we said, we would see Christ. So the primacy of the gospel is our first value. It is at the core of everything we do. The second value is the necessity of prayer. 
We desire to believe and have our behavior shaped by the words of Jesus when he said, apart from me, you can do nothing, no thing, not one thing you can really do for lasting significance apart from Christ. We recognize this dependence on God. We seek to foster our individual prayer lives, our family prayer lives, our community prayer lives. We seek to do this and and live out this value by providing all sorts of prayer resources, a weekly prayer email, uh, 31 days of prayer guide uh, in the Renew campaign, prayers uh, written for our liturgy, prayer groups that meet throughout the week, Monday, Wednesday night, Thursday morning, Sunday evening. We seek uh, to incorporate this belief into our behavior because we recognize our dependence on God. Our prayer focus is really encapsulated in the Lord's Prayer. As we think about prayer and its necessity, we also must think about what is the nature of our prayers. And our prayer is for His glory alone as His kingdom advances and He accomplishes His will in all things. That should shape all of our prayer lives, the bringing of the kingdom of God from heaven to earth in every sphere. So necessity of prayer means that we see prayer is like breathing. Uh, We need to be praying to be alive and healthy and vital. The third value is the vitality of worship. Our busy, distracted lives require that we regularly reconnect with God and reorient ourselves to live by His truth. The vitality of worship is even more important in these days. When we say the vitality of worship, we mean gathered worship. We are committed to corporate gathered worship. That is at the heart of one of our key commitments. We believe God ordained the people to gather and that when we gather, something mysterious beyond even our explanation happens. More happens than we can explain in gathered worship. The pandemic led to not gathering for seasons. It led to good things like live streams for people who must stay home. Uh, Shut-ins have benefited from that. Missionaries, uh, all sorts of people have benefited from that. But there is no replacement for the gathered people of God. And so we're committed to the vitality of worship. What we mean by vitality is we want there to be life there. Uh, We don't want it to just be routine. We are liturgical in our worship. I'll speak to that in a second, but we don't want it to be lifeless. We want there to be vitality to our worship. Yes, there's worship in all of life, but we also want to have corporate gathered worship. I would describe our commitment to worship each week as uh, a friend of mine once described to me as worship is the aircraft carrier. And all of us, if you were to live out that illustration, have different tasks and missions in our weekly lives. We have our own uh, airplanes, our own missions, as it were. But on Sunday, we land together on the aircraft carrier and we refuel and we receive instruction and comfort and help from our commander in chief, our Lord. And then we go back out into the world, fueled, refreshed, fed, 
recalibrated for mission and life in the world according to God's way and word. And so that's what we mean by vitality, that you have a sense that I must land on Sunday and worship. If I do not land and worship, I feel that I may die. That's the what we want to mark us. Uh, what happens when we gather? We'd like for our worship, we intend for worship to be reverent, liturgical, and varied. Uh, true worship is reverent. It's focused on the supremacy and glory of God. Focuses on his truth. You know, we hope that in worship, you grasp a truth about God, and then that truth strikes your inner being by your spirit, and that our affections are moved away from earthly idols toward God. Uh, that is at the heart of vital worship. Uh, liturgical worship is an ordered worship, a structured worship. It doesn't mean it's lifeless. It means that people know what's coming and that really worship is based on a conversation. Uh, it's communication. And our liturgy is based on God speaking to us and we responding to him in all sorts of ways throughout the service. Whether it's a call to confession where God calls us to confession and we respond with prayers of confession or a hymn of confession, or God calls us to worship and we respond with a hymn of praise. God calls us to faithfulness in the sermon and we respond with a closing hymn or a prayer. Uh, that call and response, that conversation marks us. That's called liturgy. And I find that many non-Christians feel safe in a liturgical service because they know what's happening next. There are no surprises. They can look and see, okay, I got a, a plan for what's happening here. And we also, with that liturgy, that vitality of worship, we actually learn how to relate to God. It is God speaks, we respond. So uh, vitality of worship is number three. Number four is the indispensability of the church. God uses the church to bring the realities of his kingdom to earth. The church is the primary means of bringing the kingdom of God to earth. The church is a body, and its head is Christ. And very simply, the body cannot grow without remaining connected to its head. So in order for us to grow as God designed, it is essential to intentionally belong to a church. The indispensability of the church is this, as Augustine said, God is your father, but the church is your mother. Further, the church is Christ's bride. Uh, we have to be connected to the church to be connected to the head. Connection to the body and dependence on the head together. One of the doctrines or one of the implications of the indispensability of the church is a value. We believe there's no Lone Ranger church. In other words, we are connected. And that's at the heart of our government, actually, Presbyterianism. We are connectional in our government. So the indispensability of the church is not just our little local expression. It's the connectionalism of the broader church, Presbyterian and Reformed. And we believe when we speak of the church that, as Eugene Peterson said, the church is a colony of heaven and a country of death. We, we want to be an outpost of life. And to do that, we have to be committed as believers to gathering, to being the church and going out as the church. So in a day where the church 
people seem to individualize their faith, particularly in the West, we speak of the indispensability of the church. As a local body in the Reformed tradition, we are consciously a part of and actively connected to the larger church in our denomination, but also in our city and our world, and that's a commitment we have. The fifth value is the centrality of community. Just read your Bible, particularly the New Testament, and underline, circle every time it says one another. The biblical repetition of one another sets the tone for the Christian life. Read Hebrews and underline every time you see him say, let us, not let you, let us. The value of community throughout the scriptures is reflecting the community of the Trinity. We were made to be in community. We're not made to be Lone Ranger Christians, just like we're not made to be a Lone Ranger church. Therefore, the centrality of community, we emphasize life together in relationships. We emphasize life together in groups where those groups are marked by truth and transparency and care for each other. Small groups, Sunday school, support groups, prayer groups. So community that we need one another. This is no Lone Ranger game. The centrality of community actually also marks us in our model of our pastoral team. We take this value to apply to our pastoral team. There is a team approach, a communal approach to our leadership as pastors. Uh, The pastors are a committee of the session, you might say. They're a community of the session, a committee of the session where uh, they are a part of a broader community of elders. And so you will hear us understanding our community often say, uh, I'm Brian Salter. I'm one of the pastors. That's intentional. It's not about one person. It's about a community of people seeking uh, to establish a culture and seeking to be dependent on one another and valuing the wisdom of others in community. The fifth and final, or excuse me, the sixth and final value is the priority of mission. We are committed to the mission of God and his kingdom. And the kingdom of God is moving towards the renewal of all things. And therefore, we believe all of life is mission. As our friends and family at Covenant College say, says on their entry and their motto, in all things Christ preeminent, we believe that with all our hearts. We don't believe there's a sacred sphere and a secular sphere. We believe that as we go out as image bearers of Christ, image bearers of God redeemed by Christ, we bring the light and warmth of Christ to every sphere, every sphere we're in. That's the kingdom of God coming to earth as it is in heaven. And so when we talk about the priority of mission, we seek to bring his kingdom, which what's his kingdom? Well, it's his will being done in every arena as it is in heaven. To bring that mission, though, requires a posture. And even as we think of the priority of mission, we are committed to the mission uh, method that Jesus embodied, which is the cross. At the heart of our mission is sacrifice, service. And God calls us to extend generous service to others in all sorts of ways. And we pursue this mission not only here in our sphere of influence, uh, in our vocations, 
but also as neighbors on the mountain, institutional neighbors on the mountain throughout our city and around the world. And we'll talk a little bit more about that as we speak of our philosophy of ministry in an upcoming episode. So I'd love for you as a member of LMPC, as one who's curious of LMPC, as one who's connected to meditate, think about our values and live them out. Uh, We have a brochure called LMPC Profile that you can get in our uh, publication uh, places throughout the church where you can have these before you. You can pray through these values, pray that these things would be true of us. Primacy of the gospel, necessity of prayer, vitality of worship, indispensability of the church, centrality of community, and priority of mission. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Pillar and Ground. We look forward to future episodes with you. Mm -hmm.